The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. This is the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, episode number four. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Episode 4 of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, we're going to talk to Carrie Bogham, who has really transformed the idea of what a special needs teacher is by incorporating gamification, sketch notes, and all sorts of other interesting things, some of which relating to Google. In this episode, we'll also have Google news and updates, some tips and tricks, and we'll even share a couple of interesting posts from our blogs. All right, let's get into some Google news and updates. So Google has released a fantastic update to Google Voice. So if you have not used Google Voice, I highly recommend it. But um, the goal in Google Voice was actually to create one number for life, a phone number that's tied to you rather than a single location. And so um, you can use Google Voice for all kinds of things, but they have really um, made a cleaner interface with the apps now on Android, iOS, and the web. Um, It's much more intuitive. It's easier to find things. You get translations of your voicemail, and they're starting to include um, transcription for Spanish in that as well. So look for that to be coming But you can check it all out on the Google Keyword blog, and they share screenshots of what everything looks like. Um, Great updates to all of the Google Voice apps across different platforms. And one other thing that I wanted to share with you is they also have a virtual trek through Petra with Google Cardboard. So um, this amazing historical site um, you can now experience in 360 degrees using Google Cardboard or whatever um, VR viewer is your choice. But um, they've had the, the virtual tour of Petra in Google Street View now for a long time, but they have now built it into the full experience for Google Cardboard. And um, it is just beautiful. And again, uh, more details in the show notes, googleteachertribe.com forward slash four. I've always been a big fan of those street view treks and just being able to drop yourself right into these amazing places all over the world. But the Google Voice update, that is a pretty cool thing. And I know being able to see the transcriptions of your voicemails It's a huge time saver, but I have to say, as a Spanish teacher, I used to have students leave me voice messages in Spanish, and before they were able to translate it into Spanish, it was the funniest thing to watch Google Voice try to translate Spanish as if it was English. And so it put all of this gibberish all into your transcription. So it was a lot of fun to be able to see, but it sounds like now if they're going to do Spanish translation, that option is is off the board. 
I think that's great. Um, and Google Voice actually has tons of applications um, for teachers in the classroom. You know, one of the things that um, a lot of teachers are hesitant to give their cell phone number to parents. Um, so you could actually set up a Google Voice number so that parents could get in touch with you, but they didn't actually have that direct line if you didn't want to give up your number. That's a great idea. The other thing, too, is I know a lot of teachers have used Google Voice to have their students leave audio feedback. And so they get all the files right there inside Google Voice. And so they can see that and they can read it. It's translated. Um, also great idea for having students leave you some information when you have a substitute teacher. I've even heard of teachers having students record little short messages through Google Voice and then downloading those messages as MP3s and mixing it all together almost like a podcast or a radio show so that the teacher's almost like the radio host. And then all of these call-ins, all of these little voice messages are like callers calling into a talk show. Isn't that a cool idea? I love that. We should do that. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. That's super fun. I think that that's a great idea. I would love to. Of course, kids these days are not used to having any kind of call-in show. <laughs> they wouldn't yeah. know what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Times have changed, haven't they? <laughs> And in addition to our Google News and updates, we also have a couple of tips and tricks that we want to share with you. And so these are a couple of little things that might be able to save you some time and some effort. And one of them is one that I just found out about recently, how you can quickly open new docs in a browser just by typing in the right URL or the right web address. And so this is really easy. You may have noticed before that if you create a new Google Doc, it usually starts with docs.google.com. Now, if you want to just automatically right away create a blank Google Doc so you can start writing in it, type in the following into your web address bar. You can type in docs.google.com slash create. Again, that's docs.google.com slash create. And as soon as you hit enter, it's going to load up a brand new Google Doc that you can start typing in. And that's not just limited to Google Docs either. You can do it with Sheets by doing sheets.google.com slash create. You can do it with Slides with slides.google.com slash create. And you can do it with forms, forms.google.com slash create. So all of those will create either a brand new doc, a brand new sheet, slides, or Google form just by typing in that, that URL, which totally blew my mind. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a teacher time saver, especially probably with the younger ones who are not so used to the navigation and things like that. You could probably just click and drag that into your shortcuts as well. And then they've got a one click to open to create something new. And the last tip that we have for you is something that I just found by accident. And so I don't know about you, but I use my bookmark bar in my Google Chrome web browser all the time. And I've gotten so many bookmarks to the point that now I've started organizing those bookmarks into folders. And so right below where you type the web address, there's this bar and I've got all these little folders with all these different links that I use. And so just by sheer luck, one day I was I was working on my computer and I held in, I have a, I have a MacBook, And so I was holding in the command button and I clicked on one of those folders in my bookmark bar. And I was surprised to see that all four of the links in that folder 
automatically popped open in different tabs in my web browser. And so I thought, oh my goodness, if I have those four links in that folder and I want to just open them all up just all at once, all I have to do is hold in the command button and click on the folder. And so, so wait, one click will open all of those links? Yeah. So if you can imagine having like all of your news sites all saved in one folder, and if there were like eight of them, you just hold in command and you click on that folder and they all pop open in different tabs. Love it. I did not know that. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So I just stumbled upon that. Yeah. And I started, I started looking to see if there was an equivalent for non Mac users. And I'm not, I, after a little bit of digging, I haven't been able to find one, but what you can always do is right click on that folder and there's an option in the folder that says open all bookmarks. And you can either do it in the window that you're in, in a new window or in an incognito window. So, but if you even want to save that click, if you're using a Mac, hold in command and click on that folder and it's going to pop all of those open. I love me some Google Chrome. Yes, indeed. (laughs) It saves me all kinds of time. Carrie Bauckham is just a wonderful connection that I have made online and in person. And it just warms my heart to share with you all of the amazing things that she is doing. Um, She is a self-described inspiration junkie, idea sharer, learning enthusiast, and most of all, a passionate believer that all children can learn. We just need to find out how. She is currently the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade extended resource special education class teacher in Arlington Heights School District 25. In her classroom, she integrates technology, creative thinking, a fearless attitude, the power of gamification, and endless doodles to enable her students to access information and materials, enhance their learning, and empower them to achieve the things they never knew they could do or be a part of. She is also the mother of two daughters, 9 and 11 years old. At home, she encourages them to explore, learn, and try anything that their imagination can think of. She works hard to create and involve them in activities and experiences with exploration, creativity, problem solving, and making. She shares her experiences from her classroom, adventures, experiences, and time with her husband and daughters with others at conferences and at CarrieBauckham.com. You may also know her as Heck Awesome, and let me just say, she is. Welcome, Carrie. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm I'm tearing up a little bit. I'm happy that I'm not on camera. That was um, that was really sweet. And, you know, I think I've seen some of this personally in um, like just by following you on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. You you guys may may not know this, but Carrie is an awful lot of fun to watch on Facebook as far as the stuff that she does with her her kids and how she parents and it all everything that we just heard there all all comes out on there. So I am super excited to have you on here too, Carrie. Thanks, Matt. I'm I'm beyond excited. Ridiculously so, excited. <laughs> <laughs> we we are just really excited to to share you with with our audience. And um so I, I really would like to help everyone understand what it is that you do. Um I know that you're a special education teacher, but could you talk about the the types of, of classes that you teach? Sure. So I teach um, a centered resource class um, here in Arlington Heights. And um, the students in my classroom tend to be um, between two to three years below grade level, um, as well as student skills. Most of them have some um, deficits deficits in that areas. And then there might be other um, strengths and weaknesses, um, depending on the student in my classroom. And then on top of the students, I teach right now, this year I teach um, a reading class and then two math classes 
two social studies classes and a resource class. And that can change from year to year, depending on the students that I work with. Carrie, I think you're probably a lot like Casey and I and a lot of the listeners here where there's been some sort of moment where you kind of like discovered Google. And since we're sort of uh, Google centric here, I wondered if you could kind of share that that moment with us when it finally clicked and you're like, oh, wow, this is a really, really good resource that I ought to check out. You know, I've always really, really loved technology. Like I remember I had a Palm Pilot and I just thought that was just the neatest thing in the whole world. I did too. And I rem- <laughs> I did too. <laughs> and I remember having ideas and thinking, when the heck is the world going to catch up with all these things I think that technology can do? And I remember working with students and thinking, gee, when is when is technology going to read to our students? Or when is it going to help, you know, help them spell? And when is it going to finally catch up with what we need it to do? And it's a wonderful time to be a person with a disability, with all the new innovative things that help people compensate for their weaknesses and really bring out the best in them. I've been a Google fan for as long as I could remember before we were a Google school. And I always loved iPads in my classroom and using them to help empower my students to help compensate for their areas of weakness. Because when we can connect with that and teach them how to use tools, all of a sudden we have a different student that doesn't have a weakness anymore, but now has strengths to do things that they may not have known that they could do as long as when they're using the tools. So I love that, Carrie. Thank you. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, No, I just love that. I totally agree. I mean, I think that technology in a lot of ways can even the playing field for Mm -hmm. kids. I personally have come to you and gotten ideas from you on how things could be used in ways that I would have never thought of. I remember you sharing with me that um, I think it was the voice typing when mm-hmm. that came out in Google Docs and the ways that you were using that and how you had kids that that could compose that could never compose with with pen and paper and and things like that. So um, I just I, I think that's a wonderful point. I have found that the more I the more I tap into what each tool can do in Google and the more I gave myself permission to use not what Google was designed for, but what it is capable of, um, I was able to, you know, kind of hack and twist and tweak the Google tools to, um, to meet the needs of my students. Like I, I remember my very first really aha moment was with Google calendar and I was able to make it into my student's assignment notebook. And I, I had a student who had dysgraphia and, and that not only impacts your ability to write, but it, it really impacted that student's ability to be organized. So we got her on Google calendar and each day event became a period in the classroom. And if she made a doc, in Google Doc, it got attached to the calendar event. And so then her homework couldn't get lost anymore. Her parents got invited to view the calendar and then they could they could see what she had for homework. And so, you know, here I took something that was just made to keep us organized in our daily lives and it became, you know, and it still is actually a really vital tool for my students as their assignment notebook. Yeah. And isn't that amazing? That's That's one of the things that I love about Google tools in general is that, you know, sometimes people get this narrow-minded approach that, oh, docs is for writing reports and slides is for doing presentations in front of the class. But if you really sort of open your mind and kind of allow yourself to think creatively about how you could use them, they really can do so much more. And I think this is a perfect example of that, where it's not just, you know, I'm going to write down when my doctor's appointment is and when I'm supposed to take kids to X, Y, and Z, that this can really be something big with with students. So I didn't know if that, that's something that you've noticed too, where if you kind of open your mind to how you can use these tools in a different way, that it can really transform things. 
you know, there's the Saver model and there's all different models of us integrating technology, but I think that's a huge step in the whole journey of using technology in your classroom is when you start to not look at it what it's advertised for, but when you look at it what it's capable of and then using that to bring out the best in your students and your teaching, that's when you really, I think things start to become amazing, you know? Wow. That <laughs> you were giving us some great quotes, Carrie. Um, that's, that's a very powerful <laughs> statement. I think that is just, um, incredible. And, you know, the idea of using new tools to do new things. And by the way, Carrie has also shared with us that exact assignment that she was describing and how she has transformed the use of Google Calendar to make it an assignment notebook for students. And so that link will be in the show notes. And that is at googleteachertribe.com forward slash four. Just to kind of continue down that track, uh, we talked about Google Calendar, how it can be used as an assignment notebook. And I was wondering just some other ways when we're talking about the rubber meeting the road here with these Google tools, what are some other ways that they show up in your classroom and how does that, that look? I, um, I love Google slides. I think that they're equally, um, versatile tool. There's, you know, there's so many things that it can allow us to do in the classroom, not just as presentations, but I know Casey shared ideas for how you can use them to make, um, books because all the slides can be made into images. So those can go in all kinds of book creators and have fun with that. But the slides just offer also um, for students who might have organizational um, weaknesses, they offer just a really easy um, organizational format. And so you can use slides in a variety of different ways. Like you could use it as a paragraph organizer. You can preset the slides for students to help with prompts on them so they know what they're putting on, on the slides. So I really do like to I do like to use slides, but I'm careful how often I use them in my stu- with my students and and um, for what purpose I use them because I students will get really used to just using slides as slides, and so I do try to make sure that we're using um, slides creatively in my classroom. Isn't slides awesome? I think I it, love slides. It's, it's probably my favorite yeah. um, out of the the core suite. There, I really there's just so many things that you can do with it, and um, I I love using it in alternative ways, and it's great for collaboration, and it sort of gives a natural um, separation between um, whether it's, you know, each student has their own slide or groups are working on their own slides that um, is a little bit more difficult in in some other applications. So um, I love that that's what you're doing. But you know what? I am always so impressed with what you do in your class because I'll tell you, um, and Matt, you may hear the same thing, but a lot of times when I'm out doing um, conferences and workshops and things like that, a lot of special education teachers will come to me and they feel like the things that we're sharing are not for them. Oh, yes. And that um, they can't do these things in their classroom. And every time they ask me, do you have a good resource of a special ed teacher who is using Google? And I always give them your name and your website. And because you're proof that it can happen and and the things that you're doing, not only with Google, but the gamification and the sketch noting, um, the pictures that you share from what's going on in your classroom, the Star Wars theme. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you just totally blow me away. So would you, you please, please, please share a little bit more about what you do with some of those things in your class? Sure. So just um, so people know what we're talking about. So gamification, just really briefly, is the idea of taking um, the best parts of video games, um, the things that we all love, the reasons why we love to play video games, the the reason why our students and our kids love video games, as well as board games. And it's taking those elements and using those and layering those elements over what we already do in our classroom 
to bring out the very best in our students. And so I'm in the third year of my gamification journey. I have a Star Wars themed game and my students started by, um, they're all Padawan Jedis right now. And they are working on become, working toward master Jedis, which they they don't know it, but they won't make it that long. They won't make it up to that because I'm a master Jedi, and so it's going to take a lot of work before they that. get there. That's awesome. <laughs> that um, is so awesome. But, but the parents there, so they started the year off, and um, they're they're Padawan Jedi's, and they had to work to gain because when you're a Jedi you um, develop certain special powers. So they had to earn points in my classroom to buy their powers. And once they got enough powers, they saved up for their Jedi sword. Then once they got their Jedi sword, now they all have a card and it has different, um, it has different student skills on the card. And I used um, an idea for my daughter's karate class because karate has belt. And so each um, lightsaber has a different level and attached to each lightsaber color, the student skills that they need to show or demonstrate in order to complete their card become harder and harder until the end. If they become a black belt, they would be essentially a completely independent student, regardless of their disability or their strengths or their weaknesses. Um, If they could display these student skills, then they can compensate for any area of weakness that they have. Um, So we have that element of it. And then I also use a monopoly board as kind of my base, my visual um, in my classroom. And so once students get their lightsabers and on Fridays, they get to come spin the spinner and move around the Monopoly board. They get to buy property. If somebody lands on their property, they get rent from the students. And then there's there's black holes that can take them into different places, like they can get hurt or injured or their ship can crash. And depending on what powers they have, they can use those powers to um, heal themselves or fix something in their in the journey. There's other different spots. I want to be in this class. <laughs> so it's it's a, it's super fun. I mean, you know, the gamifiers don't want to say that gamification is behavior modification, but in its in its essence, I mean, aren't all games that we play, aren't they designed to modify our behavior, which is to play more of the game, right? Right. Ooh. So it really Ooh. I mean Right. I mean, I didn't spend yeah. like half of a June last two summers ago playing Heyday because my behavior wasn't modified. You know, I mean, I had to like delete the app from my phone. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like behavior modification. But it the, the and so I felt gamification felt very natural to me because behavior modification is something that I've always loved. But it felt like something so much bigger than that, too, because we're not just I'm not just modifying them to follow directions or raise their hand and wait to be called on. It brings in all these other elements like strategy and um, reasoning and deduction and problem solving. And it allows me to throw in different parts into the game that I wouldn't be able to normally throw throw into my classroom. And it just brings a whole other level of um, student achievement. And, and it's it's a natural um also for bringing in all those really great 21st century skills too. I mean, there's teachers doing amazing things with side quests and adventures and things like that that are just weaving in all these really great, rich skills that we don't always get a chance to work on when we're working on our curriculum in our classroom. That is so true. Um, that's that's amazing. I just I am always just so blown away by you. Um, these the things that you have going on and and teachers are going to be so inspired by this and all of the resources that that you have shared with us. And speaking of those, we have 
a lesson plan that you have shared with us. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're actually building um, a lesson plan database from the the guests that we have on the show. So eventually when we have enough, <laughs> we will um, make that searchable by grade level, by skill. And um, we, we were also sharing those as Google Docs in the show notes. So everybody will be able to go, you know, make a copy and, and save it to their Google Drive. So could you tell us a little bit about the lesson that you shared with us, the argument paragraph and speech? Hyperdocs has kind of become an obsession of mine. I, after I was talking about, when I was talking about slides, that was my next, uh, that was my little, um, that was my next favorite thing. And so, um, so the lesson that I shared, I shared it as a persuasive, um, it began as a per- persuasive paragraph. And then my students really had started to share with me that they wanted to um, do more speeches in class. I'm like, well, argument paragraph, that's like a natural, um, the natural thing would be to do an argument speech. And so I really um, work really hard on the docs that I produce for my students because there's always a good chance that I have a very diverse uh, need. Some students are independent at reading and some are independent at writing, and then there's anywhere in between. So the hyperdocs allow me to embed or structure, the doc lets me structure um, my lesson or the task that I want the students to do. But then on top of it, it allows me to embed all kinds of tools and resources for students who might need a prompt for a sentence or might need some links to research because the internet's just too much to research. And so what I really did was I took my whole, I don't know, it was probably two or three weeks of what I wanted my students to do and put it all in the doc, all in order with steps and links and things like that. So that after I explained the activity, really the students were on their own for probably two or three weeks um, working on this activity. And it was just, it's, I think the best thing about hyperdocs is when you do them right and you, um, you put all the things that, that students need to be successful within them, you kind of get to sit back and watch the orchestra play. You know, it's just, right. it's really, it's really super fun to watch a lesson um, work like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this this isn't the first time that we've uh, heard about the power of hyperdocs. Even on this <laughs> show, back two episodes ago, Carly Mora was talking about um, sort of her obsession with them too. So I think that they're kind of taking everybody by storm. And so anybody that's interested in checking out Carrie's lesson can go and find that in our show notes, which is at googleteachertribe.com slash four. And so she's got She's got her lesson, but she's also shared within that lesson, she shared a folder with a rubric and just all sorts of really good resources. So I hope that people will check that out. So to kind of wrap this up, Carrie, this has been awesome. This, this interview has been everything that I hope that it would be. And, you know, this is, this has been, I think, a really good perspective for us to hear. So could you tell us real quick here at the end where the best place is for people to keep up with you or to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, you can, anybody can always email me at um, Carrie, C A R R I E, Bauckham, B A U G H C U M at gmail.com. I'm happy to talk gamification or ideas for differentiation. Um, or if you want to talk ideas about Google tools, um, there's nothing more fun than collaborating with other people and just idea talking, I think, sometimes. Um, you can also find me at Heck Awesome on Twitter as well as on Instagram. But on Instagram, there's an underscore in between the two names. And then there's also my blog um, at Carrie Bauckham or CarrieBauckham.com. 
Carrie, I um, <laughs> I cannot thank you enough. Um, I'm sitting here wishing that our episodes were longer because I could talk to you forever. Right. I, forever. I just think you have so much to share, and um, I I can just about guarantee you that we will have to have you on again just um, because you just have a plethora of great ideas to share with the audience. So thank you so much for your time. I know you did this right after school, and we greatly appreciate you doing this for us. My pleasure. I'm happy. Anytime you guys want to talk, I am just um, happy to share. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Carrie. So Casey, what do you got going on on your blog right now? Oh, you know, I've got all kinds of stuff going on on the blog, but uh, one of my more popular posts right now, of course, has to do with Google Classroom and that awesome new feature that they added just a few weeks ago that we were all so excited to get. We now have that ability to give assignments to individual students or groups so that we can now differentiate the assignments inside Google Classroom. So um, the title of this post is Digital Differentiation with Google Classroom. And I've sort of outlined several different ways um, that you can do that. The first one, of course, is is giving that assignment to an individual student or to those groups using the new feature, which, by the way, is super easy to use. If you haven't seen it yet, um, now when you create an assignment in Google Classroom, you go to the plus sign, create. You can choose from the drop down and there are little check boxes next to each one of your students. So you can select one if you've got, you know, like a special makeup assignment, extra credit assignment. Um, you may have like some genius hour groups going on or independent study. So you can differentiate and create those and assign those just to those individuals or groups. So um, that that's huge. We've been waiting for that. And I'm super excited that it's now so easy and built into Google Classroom. But also inside this post, I have included some tips for creating differentiated assignments, as well as how to build in some student choice when it comes to different types of differentiation and long-term projects and modifications. So um, that link, of course, will be in the show notes for you, and it is on the ShakeUp Learning blog. But um, we are going to go more in depth with um, some differentiation strategies with Google in an upcoming episode, aren't we, Matt? Yes, we are. I'm looking forward to that. And I know you're you're like me where I've just seen teachers practically begging for this, where they keep saying, I don't want to assign everything to everybody all at the same time. It's like kids aren't made the same. Why do I have to make all of my assignments the same for everybody? And so this is this really is a, a big game changer. Absolutely. And and because really the everybody gets the same assignment philosophy goes against everything that we now know about good pedagogy and instruction. And so as we're out there, you know, teaching these workshops, um, every kid doesn't have to do exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. Um, but to actually make that a reality when you're trying to build in um, the fantastic management tools that Google Classroom offers, um, I think this was this was really creating more work for teachers um, than than they needed to have to worry about. So I'm always happy when something is actually easier for teachers and can save them time. Yes, totally, totally agree with that. So that's what's going on on ShakeUp Learning. What's happening on Ditch That Textbook, Matt? Well, I've just recently published a post not too long ago, and it's something that's pretty important when teachers are getting ready to implement big changes or if they want to do something different. And I don't know about you, but I've found that 
one of the greatest allies that you can have on your side when it comes to teaching kids is their parents. And it makes a huge, huge difference when it comes to a a school. No, not a school. When it comes to a home where parents are invested in education and where education is a priority versus the ones where, where it's not so much. And if your parents are on board with what it is that you're doing, then it just seems like it's like the grease of the wheel, you know, that, that just keeps things flowing. And so this is, this is sort of an excerpt out of the book, ditch that homework that Alice Keeler and I are writing together. And what we've done is we've talked about some things that you can do to help parents be able to kind of get on board with your new ideas. Or maybe a better way to say that is to help communicate what it is that you're hoping to achieve. And so we've got some some practical ideas for those conversations. If you're in those conversations with parents, like one one thing that's important that we talk about in the in the book and in this post is to help parents see your vision. Like what is it that you hope that the student will be able to achieve out of this? Or what are, what are things going to look like after this change? And if you can really help them see that, that really helps them buy in. And another thing is it's good to give parents a, a plenty of opportunity to talk because they may have questions, they may have concerns. And sometimes if they're just able to talk to them and if they feel like somebody's really paying attention to them, that's all that it takes sometimes. So we've just got some real practical ideas in this blog post that comes from from our new book. That's awesome. I, I think um, this the stakeholders that that parents are are crucial to change management. And oh, yeah. you know, a lot of times it's just a matter of explaining things so that parents understand. Because and especially when it comes to homework, I'm sure well, how come you don't have homework? I always had homework. You know, we always want to compare it to our own experiences and education has changed. So um, I am super excited uh, about your book. And I, I think this is just an awesome post to, to share and to get everyone on board with the change management inside school districts. Yeah, absolutely. So those are a couple of things that Casey and I wanted to point out to you on our blogs. We hope that you'll give them a give them a look. I love getting feedback and questions from the audience that we can actually address on air. And so um, we have a feedback form and a voicemail option that you can leave on googleteachertribe.com forward slash feedback. And please, please leave us some feedback. But I have a question here from Kevin White from the Learning Choice Academy in California. And this question is for Matt. Matt, I love your site. Need to spruce mine up. I like the new Google Sites. I've been using classic Google Sites, but it seems a bit limited. What do you use for Ditch That Textbook? Did you design it yourself? I hope you do not mind, but I will be presenting and sharing some of your blogs at our next teacher tech training in February. Keep up the good work. I find your passion for educational technology to be exuberant. So Matt, what do you use for your 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 blog and your website? Well, first of all, I have to say, Kevin, you may be my new best buddy. Thank you so much for all of those <laughs> fine comments. And my site has kind of undergone a big change since I started blogging. Right now, I use a self-hosted WordPress site, and it's running a theme that I purchased. Now, I should say there are lots of great themes. A theme on a WordPress site is basically like the skin. It's like what makes it look a certain way, act a certain way, the colors, some of the design type stuff. And so 
I purchased this theme called the Get Noticed theme by Michael Hyatt. If you just type that in or just Get Noticed theme, uh, you should be able to find it. So um, I was able to get a pretty good deal on it. So, But you definitely don't need to buy a fancy theme to have a good-looking website. In fact, some of the more minimalistic themes that have just not a whole lot of distractions on them I think are really classy looking. And you can get some of those for free or for, for really cheap. Now, I did start blogging not on a self-hosted WordPress site, which is one where you pay for this place on the internet where all of your files are held and you've got to buy the domain name, which for me was ditchthattextbook.com. But when I very first got started, I started with a free WordPress.com website. And so obviously the big the big draw for that was that it was free. And so that's where I got started until I, I realized that I really wanted to do this. So anyway, that's, that's kind of, that's like opening the hood for my website and giving you some, some details about how that runs. So Kevin, I appreciate that. And thank you so much for your question. Now, we've gotten lots of great feedback from our listeners on our website. So you can go to googleteachertribe.com slash feedback to be able to leave that. And we've already gotten a couple of really nice comments like Tracy Nangle, who's a teacher from North Smithfield Schools in Slatersville, Rhode Island, and from Katura Rush, who's from Monticello School District in Monticello, Arkansas, just calling in, actually emailing in to let us know that they've enjoyed the podcast and given us ideas and everything. And so if you're interested in doing that, definitely do go over to googleteachertribe.com slash feedback to be able to leave us. So thanks again, Tracy and Katura, for for your comments. Yes, thank you so much for all of the positive feedback that we have received and and support. Um, I really have been very humbled by this experience and um, reading the reviews in iTunes is just still super exciting for me. And so we had a great review from Pam Q who gave us five stars. And um, she said, this podcast was easy to listen to, clear, concise, and useful for teachers and administrators. Casey and Matt include current information for any educator who is integrating technology in their classroom and schools. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much, Pam. And honestly, we can't wait for the next episode either. We are having a blast. Thank you so much for all of the feedback. And please don't be afraid to to leave us a message and let us know what you think or ask a question that we can answer on air. That wraps up episode four of the Google Teacher Tribe. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to Carrie Bauckham for her amazing insight and innovations using Google tools in the special education population. We appreciate you so much and sharing all of your wonderful knowledge with us. I know. Wasn't that amazing? Some of the stuff that she does and some of those game-based ideas that she pulls into class. I mean, I've got, I've got cool ideas bouncing around in my head right now, too. Yes. So thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast and to sign up for our email list and become a VIP. So go to googleteachertribe.com to learn more. Yeah, we love having you for every episode. So we will see you on the next one. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye, y'all.
Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Blogs right. of Casey and, and me. Some Google. Hang on, so we need to do that all over again. Sorry, <laughs> we. Sorry, I blew it. Okay. That's okay, try this. That's a dumb word. I wish I could do this better. Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna start again. I'll get. I'll get this. <laughs> I'll get it eventually. Okay, five seconds.